0: This week, I need you to trust me and Maddie Rice because she's back, I'm here, and we're still both novices. All right, what's up? Episode 10. What? 10 episodes of Trust Me, I'm a Novice. Gotta get that tattooed on my forehead. This is great. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Sammy St. Ledger. Welcome to Trust Me, I'm a Novice, a podcast about connections. We are talking science, psychology, spirituality, and ourselves this is a podcast for lifelong learners. Today, we have another interview. Maddie's back because I thought she would help explain this topic that I'm about to cover. While this is episode 10, I will announce now that, trust me, I'm a novice, we'll be taking a two-week break. Yes, I'm sorry if you're sad, but two-week break because I'm actually moving and it's Christmas. So I have no idea if I will actually have time to record or not or if I will just be moving a lot of boxes. So that being said, happy that we're ending it on episode 10, but we will be back in two weeks. Either way, let's take a look at what's coming up on the show today. Today on the show, we are breaking down the Instagram face, which discusses this new, relatively new beauty standard that exists and is mostly perpetuated through social media apps. That being said, I am your host, Sammy St. Ledger. Trust me, trust yourself, trust Maddie Rice, and trust the process because we're getting things started. Before we get into the topic, I want to say as far as we will be talking about plastic surgery, Facetune, Photoshop, all of those things, we're discussing it from a standpoint and my intention is to merely raise awareness on the topic because I still think it's something that people aren't fully aware of to the extent that it exists. Nowhere in this conversation is my intention to shame anybody for having work done, for using Photoshop, for Facetuning, whatever you do ultimately is up to you. And I think if you do something and ultimately it makes you feel like a better, more confident, happy person, I think go for it. So this conversation, again, is more just to raise awareness and look at potentially long-term implications as well as what the current present world is experiencing. Okay, so before I get into this, to give a little bit more background and research on the topic we are about to be discussing and a little bit more about what prompted this topic, For those of you, some of you may know, but basically back in September, there was a lot of information regarding this topic. It was all over the news that Facebook had done internal research on how Instagram was affecting its users, specifically its teenage users. And they found jarring statistics looking at how their users' mental health was being affected. Before I read this quick trigger warning, I'm about to give a statistic on self-harm. So please, if that makes you uncomfortable or you're sensitive to it, please skip forward by about 30 seconds. CNBC reported that, quote, The journal cited Facebook studies over the past three years that examine how Instagram affects its young user base, with teenage girls being most notably harmed. One internal Facebook presentation said that among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, 13% of British users and 6% of American users traced the issue to Instagram. 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse, the researchers reportedly wrote. Facebook also reportedly found that 14% of boys in the U.S. said Instagram made them feel worse about themselves. While Facebook concluded that the large percent of teenagers aren't negatively harmed by Instagram, according to the journal, The features that the social media company identified as the most harmful are part of its key makeup. According to the report, researchers warn Instagram's Explore page, which serves users curated posts from a wide range of accounts, can push users into content that can be harmful. The app also has a culture of posting only the best pictures and moments, and it operates as an addictive product. So again, looking at, we see harmful statistics, basically that one third of girls, 32%, said Instagram was making them feel worse about their body image. And knowing that it was three years worth of research and this is what was found, this has added a lot more to the conversation that we're having today, that we're seeing a lot of this negative outcome of this perfect culture presented on Instagram. And a lot of that perfection does seem to come along with the idea of photoshop of plastic surgery of filters of all these different aspects of the app and other apps like it that are creating this unattainable idea of perfection so with that being said let's get into the interview This topic is interesting it came to me very recently and somewhat out of the blue but i didn't think that i could do it by myself so back at it again maddie rice is here what's up maddie
1: hi sammy thanks for having me
0: this idea we'll start with first i think everybody is aware that the body image issues that have come out of social media and not just social media but especially from photoshop That those were already bad and those have existed for decades with different body types coming in, being trendy, different things like that. And I would say, what do you think? Everyone's pretty aware that that's been harmful. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone is saying it's a good thing. Going off of that, yes, that already I think everybody is aware that body images struggle because of social media. I think about how funny it is and I say funny in more of an ironic sense where all the little yeah. things like for instance oh my goodness like remember when thigh gaps were in style when we were in what junior high oh
1: my god yeah I remember
0: that yeah and I say in style it's like it's your body it's you know, I think it's crazy that body types are trendy it's insane right like and getting you know, a new it's
1: also insane. That wasn't long ago at all, and we're looking back on it like, oh God, do you remember when this was trendy? But we're just accelerating at this crazy rapid rate because of social media. Like that brings it back to the whole social media aspect of it, where like things go in and out of style so quickly. But it's the human body, like you were saying. How do we put? How do we label something like this between your size as trendy and not
0: trendy? Like you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't have like an expiration date on it.
0: Right? Like the same way, that, like I feel like it's treated like you could go buy a new hat because that's in style, but that's a piece of fabric, not your body. Yeah, exactly. So going off yeah. of that, what I would say past the Instagram body, what inspired this conversation was just the other day, maybe a week ago, I was sitting around and I think every single person goes through periods of insecurity Sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like you look good. Sometimes you feel like you don't. And as I was kind of like thinking about my appearance, I had this weird realization that I couldn't even really pinpoint what was considered beautiful anymore. And I started thinking about Instagram and kind of this idea that we keep now seeing a face that's looking almost similar, but it's such like a rare combination of things. And I couldn't pinpoint why I felt like You know what I think it was as I'm sitting here talking? I think I couldn't pinpoint what was considered naturally beautiful anymore. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't mean anymore.
1: Well, it does, but it's not selling.
0: Yeah, it's not selling. Exactly. And that was a weird point with me that I was like, with a lot of different people, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I don't know if it's just me, but I think body image was bad enough. But now that women, and obviously men, but are starting to become self-conscious of their face, if they have natural beauty and not genetically enhanced beauty, I find that, or cosmetically enhanced, not genetically, I think that in itself is a whole new thing to unpack because your face is expressive. It's more you, I think, than your body is. At least that's how it seems to me. This yeah, brings I yeah. Agree. So this brings me to, ironically, as I'm thinking all of this, I stumble across this TikTok. It was late at night. I don't even know, probably like last Wednesday. And so the TikTok itself is run by this woman named MJ Corey, and she describes her Instagram page as a compendium of notes, reflections, and theories. And her Instagram handle, as well as her TikTok handle, is Kardashian Colloquium. Basically, she breaks down pop culture phenomenons from more of a theoretical standpoint and questions and looks at the social and cultural implications And she posted this video covering a highly interesting investigative journalist article released by The New Yorker in 2019 that is called The Age of Instagram Face, written by Gia Tolentino. So this article, first off, it's another thing that I'm always surprised by stuff that isn't shared because this came out, and I'm sure it was shared at the time, but how it just kind of pops into my lap now because I feel like it has even more... Relevance. Last night, me and Maddie were talking about, and we're going to get into this, but that so many changes that we've noticed on social media surrounding body image and perfection and this unattainable perfection happened what feels like overnight. Basically, Yeah. yeah, right then, isn't it? Like, we were talking about it yesterday. It feels so quick. And- Basically, so the article begins reading, quote, This past summer, I booked a plane ticket to Los Angeles with the hope of investigating what seems likely to be one of the oddest legacies of our rapidly expiring decade. The gradual emergence among professionally beautiful women of a single Cyborian face. It's a young face, of course, with poreless skin and plump high cheekbones. It has cat-like eyes and long cartoonish lashes. It has a small, neat nose and full, lush lips. It goes on to keep explaining. Down the line, it goes, the face is a distinctly white but ambiguously ethnic. It suggests a National Geographic composite illustrating what Americans will look like in 2050. And then goes on to say, if every American were to be the direct child of a member of the Kardashians and list off some other models. The article goes on to explain this rise of this look, of this face, with the track record that began with social media. So explaining how in 2010, Instagram was created and the ideal images are ones that pop on screens. Then goes on to explain Snapchat came out in 2011, talks about how Snapchat filters became a thing, got transferred to Instagram, talks about how Photoshop came out in 2013, and now is explaining pretty much how the beginnings of that in a very brief period of time, Tracking back quick, me and Maddie talks about last night how they only take, for instance, the census every 10 years. Whereas this is so much change and so much, in a sense, data that can be kind of analyzed and discovered. And it's only happened within an 11-ish year period, but it's been rapid towards the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been insane. It's just an exponential, exponential speed at which we're changing. And going back to what you were just talking about with... um like the side gap trend in whatever year that was, like, I don't know, 2013, maybe. I feel like every two years and maybe now every like one year, it's like getting closer and closer together, these trends where we just kind of all collectively find a body part or a facial feature to really focus on and just kind of attack like big lips, eyebrows. Eyebrows had that like big, big rain for a while on social media of like having perfect brows. Yeah. And it really, it kind of like fake ages us in a way. And it just like drives these wedges between these like little sub generations so much where we, I don't know, I feel like it makes us crave nostalgia way more for one, where people post videos of like how I got ready in 2017 versus how I get ready today. And I'm like, how is this so, how is it so different? How are we changing what we're focusing on like all the highlight and all the contour and like all the filled in brows and now we do it's like natural but it's not because we're certainly faking things and I think that's where like photoshop and plastic surgery and facetune come into everything it's like people don't I don't, I don't know. We'll get we'll get into it for I'll let you I'll let you read on. But I have a lot to say about this as we move forward.
0: Yeah, well, and it's funny you just brought those two up because this woman that did all of this journalism in her article, she goes on to talk to a very famous celebrity makeup artist. She quotes them saying, I think 95 percent of the most followed people on Instagram use Facetune easily. Smith told me and i would say that 95% of those people have also had some sort of cosmetic procedure isn't that <laughs> crazy isn't that insane yeah I'm like i don't even need to read let's react to that honestly I why think, would you need both it's, a break <laughs> it's crazy it's something that we're saying and it's something we think we're aware of but it's massive and it's becoming the entire app And I don't know. And I think this is an interesting question. I always say, in a sense, I'm kind of grateful that phones didn't really take off for us until we were in high school and then social media existed. But when I was a freshman in college, it was still posting fun little things on your social media, like silly pictures with your friends. And obviously, there are still people that do that. But I want to say within the last, is it two years, maybe, or maybe three years? Hard to tell with the pandemic that it became a lot more this idea of posting everything that's a lot more selfies, perfection and kind of using your own beauty to either get more likes but also sell products.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's new like it's I it's mean, pretty new. When you do it that
1: way, like when you have sort of like post patterns more or less that are and we talked about this last night, Sammy, so like it's coming back again. Everything's a cross promotion now where if you want We just dug ourselves in this hole as a society where, if you want to be a creative or anything like that, social media is more or less your only real avenue, at least you have access to readily to showcase stuff like that on. But in order to do that, if you want to be making money at all or at least generating some sort of buzz around whatever it is that you're doing on social media, it's like it's so much about your face and it's also. A lot about whatever brand you're associating your face with. And everybody has become some sort of advertiser.
0: Yeah. And you know what's crazy? It reminds me of I'm forgetting who it was, but I was listening to Caller Daddy the other day. And she had on a woman that was on reality TV shows back in the day. And she talked about how she had actually lost a lot of brand deals because she had gotten cosmetic surgery. That they had said, like, oh, we don't want you to be associated with the brand if you're going to do things like that. And now it's like the it's, reverse. Whoa. That's
1: actually wild because reality TV was buzzing in what? Not the 90s, even. Like, I feel like reality TV really kicked off with the Kardashians and the Paris Hiltons and all of that stuff in like the early odds.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So, so look at that story. You just told as an example of sort of where we were at with plastic surgery and how we all viewed it and how we thought of it and how we felt about it. And this is like a little bit of a tangent. I'll like to tell you what the account is so you can maybe post it on the social media later so people can mm. see. There's an account of some sort, I believe, that it takes famous celebrities from the 90s, the 80s, a generation pre-social media. And gives them the Instagram face, more or less. It kind of like, like I'm thinking of one with Princess Diana, who obviously at the time, she was so famous. She was so beautiful. Very everybody iconic. loved her. Her face, royal beauty icon. And you know everybody loved her. She was considered one of the most attractive women in the public eye. They take a famous photo of her and they plump up her lips, they raise her eyebrows, they kind of fill in, they give her little fillers. Not, Nothing's crazy, but they give her the treatment, the like Instagram face treatment. And she looks black. She doesn't look right. It doesn't look like, I mean, obviously she's beautiful, but it kind of strikes you in a weird way when you see the image. And that, that was not long ago at all that she was famous in this way.
0: Yeah, and oh, that's that's what I find insane, that it's like these traditional forms of beauty are now being, people are feeling insecure about traditional forms and natural forms of beauty because it's not fitting this new standard. And going off of yeah. that, from there, this article takes on this idea that, or er, explains this fact, more to say, that in the past, before the FDA was able to approve different types of Botox and things like that, plastic surgery was super risky. And not a lot of people got it. And it was a lot more about in the beginning, especially like right when Botox started, it was for people that had aged and wanted to get rid of pretty much wrinkles where it was kind of like a low key thing to do that you're aging, but you're preventing some stuff. Whereas now it goes on to talk about how in 2018, 16.5 billion dollars were spent on cosmetic surgery by Americans and 92 percent of those were performed on women.
1: I would love to see the more recent version of that statistic because if that's 2018 and there's two and a half million filler injections, I'm reading the article. So it's 16.5 billion dollars that Americans spent in 2018 on cosmetic surgeries. And man, it's 2021. A lot of time has passed since then, and Instagram has only remained if not increased in popularity.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> like we said, it seems it was around 2018 that everything i want to say was when it really started to take on a whole new honestly look or aesthetic you would call it i'm going to see if i can find the stat really yeah. quick i mean
1: don't you remember those days when you had an instagram and it was just like a photo a day challenge it was just like you would post just stuff yeah like for december you're like day one what's your favorite holiday treat day two hot cocoa you know what i mean like those little challenges and hashtags and like it felt more like a community then obviously that didn't last long and maybe even then there were i'm sure even then there were issues with Mm it
0: well do you you remember when posting a selfie on instagram was cringy yes yeah you remember that we like we just like didn't know how to do it (laughs)
1: it's crazy like if social media were introduced at a different time in our progression with what we found beauty like i mean they they feed off of each other it's very cyclical the whole like social media into like beauty standards thing but like man i have to wonder if somebody else was really famous at the time that instagram came out besides kim kardashian would we all have completely different faces wow that's a great question is that crazy yeah and like we'll never know but it does make you think
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. And it's, okay, well, it's funny. I guess I looked up the statistic quick. So it was $16.5 billion in 2018 and $16.7 billion in 2020. But I'm curious by the end of 2021 if we'll see. It's either way, it's increasing. It's not going down. Yeah, yeah. It's not going down. And so we talked a little bit about using your appearance to sell things. And this article goes on to say, quote, For those born with assets, natural assets, capital assets, or both, it can seem sensible, even automatic, to think of your body the way that a McKinsey consultant would think about a corporation, identify underperforming sectors and remake them, discard what doesn't increase profits, and reorient the business towards whatever does. So it's basically talking Mm -hmm. about how it makes sense if you're using your body to sell things that whatever isn't... The most appealing you're going to reinvent as if it's assets versus liabilities and things like that. And (sighs) yeah, isn't it crazy? What did we like
1: turn? It's crazy. What did we turn our faces into commodities?
0: Right? I don't know. Do you remember that video that surfaced that was like the first time they were recording inside a high school or something? And I remember people pointed out it was, I think, in the 90s, but that nobody was focused on how they looked. They were just so excited to be on camera. I thought that was really interesting. It wasn't this immediate, am I presentable? Am I, that now is so constant.
1: Everyone is on and everyone has spent so much time looking at their own face and comparing it to all the other faces on Instagram or other, whether you post it or not. I'm sure for every photo you posted, there's 900 times more photos that you looked at for a long time and decided were ugly and didn't post. Uh, I feel like everyone just knows their face all too closely now. Mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think, yeah, it's like if someone were to turn on a camera today at work or in a classroom, everyone has their angles and their poses and their ways that they present themselves. And I don't know. It's interesting and it's almost impressive if it weren't so scary. Right.
0: right I know. And it's a weird thing. And I think as we're saying this, one thing I do want to say. It's not a bad thing to get plastic surgery. It's not a bad thing to wear makeup. It's your life and you can do whatever you want with it. I just think it's interesting to look at these long implications of what happens when we are emphasizing aesthetics. And I've said this before a lot that as the number one thing that makes you valid or worthy as a human being. That's where I think that's where I'm curious that that is has different types of implications than just acknowledging that it's okay to look and feel your best, which is obviously true.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It is interesting, though, how we have put a lot of our eggs in the lip filler and Botox basket. Mm-hmm. That is the aspect to me that is like, and again, like you said, it's not like you're fake and you're bad for getting plastic surgery. That's not that's not true at all. It is just interesting take note of why and where and how. Mm-hmm. You know, and it all kind of does point. It is a direct correlation with Instagram? Yeah, that's
0: all I'm saying. Exactly. And moving forward with this article, how we've been talking about this idea of using your face body as a commodity, it also goes on to explain the cultural influence behind this, saying that in a world where women are rewarded for youth and beauty in a way that they're rewarded for nothing else, and where a strain of mainstream feminism teaches women that self-objectification is progressive because it's profitable, cosmetic work might seem like one of the few guaranteed high-yield projects that a woman could undertake. I thought that sentence was Mm -hmm. insane, but it's, I keep saying insane because I find a lot of this surprising, but yeah. it is
1: jarring.
0: Jarring. That's a great way to explain it. Yeah, that it's like, it makes sense that you're going to get work done because it helps you sell. It's saying that basically your body, your face is the instrument being used to sell everything else. So yeah, yeah totally in a sense, why wouldn't you? Like, it, I see exactly why there's a line of thinking that's use it to your advantage. I mean, I know a lot of women in this country. I talked about it with my sister the other day in areas where you are objectified. Sometimes you can use what people assume as you as actually a strength and kind of fly under the radar where I'm sure there are plenty of girls that think, hey, people are already just going to view me for how I look. I might as well use it to make money. Like that makes sense to me. I could easily see people thinking like that. It's just insane that now there's a means to make that so essential to how much you're making in a way that our economy is actually moving.
1: And that's an important thing that you bring up the economy because not the surgery is not cheap. No. Some things, some procedures are more affordable than others. Obviously, it's a spectrum. But the fact that it's as pricey as it is, it's as like, I mean, it's not risky like it was in the 80s kind of thing, but it is very much like, okay, I have to get emails in my face now. And there's something to be said about that that emotional charge that comes with it—you probably have to take time off. And like we already had mentioned, the price is not small. However, we're still as a country spending billions of dollars on it every year. And it's not just Kylie Jenner that's getting plastic surgery. Yeah, it's everybody. You know, like
0: most you, people that are—you in- don't have
1: to name names. Yeah, but so oh. out anybody if you don't want to. But do you know personally someone that's had work done? Um. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Me too. There's no way that like my mom would have said that about her, her friend. Yeah, it would have just age. been like
0: the really high end celebrity people in Hollywood. I feel yeah. like back in the day, where now it's and I think it's important to note that these people that we know that have had surgery, it does look good. And from what I can see, a lot of people that have had surgery do seem more confident. So I think it's very understandable why they decided to have the procedure. And that's what makes it even more of a complex and confusing situation. Yeah, I just find it fascinating that it's like this massive explosion. And I'm curious, I guess I'm curious if we're going to meet, I think we move in thresholds or like extremes, for instance. So if we're going to meet a different edge where like people are going to be, in a sense, like so tired of that and then it's going to start moving mm. the other way but that i wonder especially because of trends because we're making no face i think the same thing. yeah that That's like totally a point that came up when i read this article as well is
1: like take the eyebrow thing for example one okay if you really want to go back even in the 20s and 30s really really thin eyebrows were the thing that was the look and you know That, you know, whatever, do it that way you will. But then we move towards this phase of Instagram and the Kardashians, and like that whole era begins, and it's more about getting kind of thicker, filled in brows. Is that because they're Armenian? Is that because it looks better to the human eye? Is it because of both things? I don't know. But the thick brows are in, but it's like a very clean look, you know, everyone was like getting their brows tweezed and threaded and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what happened, but maybe like 2019, something switched where it was like fluffy, kind of grown out brows were really big.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel like now everyone's just kind of like given up and you just do whatever you want. Yeah. It would be nice if that is how every trend went, especially in the face department. Mm -hmm.
0: But I don't know. Are we going to have like a, are we going to have an era where thin lips are really in? Yeah. Right. Right. Because it is a trend. know, yeah, and I mean to look at so this is kind of a fun tangent but going from a scientific perspective so the reason you actually a lot of girls wear makeup is actually linked to attraction that's linked from an evolutionary standard but also actually looking at a attraction standard because for instance very youthful looking skin and full lips and that young look signifies to if you're looking at it from attraction to the male brain that that person yeah. similar to having big hips, as they say, is totally. a sign of being very fertile. So it's that, right. and then looking at it from the makeup perspective, blush, red lips, red, just kind of that like really glowy, pinky look is actually found attractive because it's the way women look when they're turned on. So you're actually mimicking it with makeup, uh-huh. and that's where it all kind of. I don't know if that's where it started, but there's actually that influence. That's so interesting. Yeah, I always thought that was cool. So
1: there is. Okay, so there is like human science behind it mm-hmm. in in terms of things like that. But I don't know. There's another point in your article that maybe you'll get to where she kind of talks about this manufactured book of rootless exoticism.
0: Yes. Oh, where, yes. Yeah, like let's get into that. It's the idea that it's this rarity. It's what Maddie's bringing up and I'm currently <laughs> skimming through the article to actually find it is... Pretty much what I found to be the most interesting part of the entire article. Because it breaks down, we keep talking about this Instagram face, but what exactly is it? And it breaks it down very well. So, to read. And when I say Smith, that is the celebrity makeup artist that this girl was talking to. That's their last name. So the article Mm -hmm. reads... There was something strange I said about the racial aspect of Instagram face. It was as if the algorithmic tendency to flatten everything into a composite of greatest hits had resulted in a beauty ideal that favored white women capable of manufacturing a look of rootless exoticism. Absolutely, Smith said. We're talking an overly tan skin tone, a South Asian influence with the brows and eye shape, an African-American influence with the lips, a Caucasian influence with the nose, a cheek structure that is predominantly Native American and Middle Eastern. When I read that, so this takes me all the way back to, like I said, I started trying to put together what even is beauty anymore? What's natural beauty? I feel like I have no concept on it anymore. And yet you see this Instagram face is more or less almost like I think about it like making a puzzle, but more like, um, like if you, you, I don't know why this reminds me of like when you take a magazine and you like cut out little pictures and make a different picture with it. Like they've basically taken, and like this, in theory, this could exist if you had that all within your heritage, but it begs the question of cultural appropriation. And that's what the other person I referenced earlier the MJ Corey that runs the Kardashian colloquium brings up that this kind of idea that we're pulling from all these different races for this idea of like a perfect face. I think it's described as like the greatest hits. And in this article, Kim Kardashian is described as patient zero. She mm. is more or less the prototype for what a lot of people are doing. And later in this article, she ends up talking to a plastic surgeon and they discuss how at least 30% of women that are coming in asking for modifications will come in with a picture of her, or at least her in mind.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to say, or like to give some gravity to the part of that where she is referred to as patient zero, not subject zero or something like that. Yeah. Because she is a patient while she was born with, you know, she's part Armenian and part Caucasian but she also has other features that hail from completely other ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And those are, okay, she's naturally beautiful. You see a picture of her from a long time ago, she's a beautiful girl. Yeah, She got surgery, that's her choice, good for her, whatever, like up to her. She obviously is super hot. I'm not going to sit on this microphone and say that she's not super attractive. Obviously she is, but she's a patient just like this. She's a patient plastic surgery I mean so why is it that we're all trying still to like chase that somehow Mm -hmm. when everyone it's not a secret everyone knows you know like it or not that she's had work done so why are we like
0: harping on that aspect so much yeah it's and that's kind of what I want to get to kind of the root of things my thing is it's like I know that Projecting this image is harmful to young girls. It obviously disproportionately affects young women. This was also discussed by the same woman earlier, MJ Corey, that it is disproportionately affecting women. Although obviously body image and facial image, it does affect men too. But that being said, I'm
1: gonna say, yeah, it, it does definitely does. Men
0: too. Yes,
1: but they have different standards, just like us now.
0: Exactly. I'm just curious the extent to which it's just that it disproportionately affects women and. So I know it's harmful, but at the same time, I do believe in self-empowerment, that within reason, how we feel and what we're exposing ourselves to and how we're reacting to it, we have the power to acknowledge that it's not real or to limit ourselves from seeing it or to, within reason, I think it also though does, it hits a trigger in so many girls that from a young age strive to be perfect and it doesn't exist. And it's a reminder that they're not perfect. Yeah, it's actually quite sad, Mm-hmm.
1: you know, when you think about, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't have an Instagram or that I, it didn't exist when I was in middle school.
0: Yeah, oh God, yeah.
1: That's gotta be like hard.
0: Right? You know? Yeah, I totally, and that's kind of where I'm curious what's going to kind of happen out of this. Because I think about yeah. the fact that my friend made a great point the other day. She said, I honestly think our generation is going to struggle with aging. And that's such a good <laughs> point. <laughs> if we get there the way the planet said it. Well, that, yeah, precisely. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, where I'm, I, I hear so many girls my age and now I'm aware of it because people are talking about it. But how, obviously, oh my gosh, we're so young, but yet girls are getting Botox or considering to fill in their forehead lines, which a lot of times happen, A, from dehydration, and B, from just having an expressive face. <laughs> yeah, and we're only 22. We like, have, what's to come? We have complexes on complexes. This generation does. Yeah, But,
1: I don't know, this kind of brings me to a point that we talked about when we talked last night, like off mic, obviously, is that while there's a lot of Ah, just kind of like manufactured stuff going around on social media and like cherry picking what features you want to focus on and fill in this and slim down that and all of all of that stuff i think we do also we're getting smarter too because we see stuff that's been doctored and altered constantly Mm -hmm. it does warp our reality and it warps how we see ourselves in the mirror But it maybe, hopefully, could make us a little wiser of having this crazy, like, BS meter.
0: Yeah, Yeah. able to at least see. The more you see it, the more you're able to acknowledge within reason that it's not real. And that's, I think that's the heart of what I want to get at today with this whole discussion is, for me at least, Learning that fact that the face that's in style is so incredibly rare and not only is it rare, it's generally like a cookie cutter like mix of all these different things. I know with how I've felt in comparing myself to social media and starting to again look at, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. Reading that really put into perspective for me just how unattainable it is and just how faked it is that made me feel better about my own beauty and my own natural look. And I can't exactly explain why, but just being able to acknowledge that it's just such a manufactured look and such a fake look, instead of me thinking that so many of these girls actually do within reason look like this. I think that made me feel Mm -hmm. a lot better and realizing that every single race has its own form of beauty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Can we not? Can we try everyone listening can we all just try to celebrate natural beauty without completely flattening it Mm -hmm. just like celebrate what you have and how you look and how you've been made and don't try to feel the look of another ethnicity
0: yeah I you know yeah right and and just know that what you have is beautiful and if your friend looks yeah, like the opposite like, than you, they're beautiful too. When you, when everyone looks the same, it's just like in The Incredibles. When he was like, when
1: Syndrome is like, when everyone's super, no one is. Like <laughs> when everyone looks the same, yeah. that's like, there's no individuality. It's just like kind of robbing people that have those natural assets of their space to feel really, really confident and comfortable with beautiful because they are. And it's also discrediting you as not giving props to your own natural beauty.
0: And ultimately, if you can take anything, if you take one thing today from this entire conversation, I really want to push the fact that multiple forms of beauty can exist at once. There is no one standard of beauty, despite what social media makes you think. I've been talking so much about authenticity lately, and I think a massive Mm. builder of your confidence is acknowledging that your own authentic appearance is what makes you, you. And the more and more you step into acknowledging that how you look and who you are and what you believe and what's in your heart, the more you step into those ideas of what make you, you and really own them. If you own your natural beauty, I swear. And I'm almost positive that that is the secret to the ultimate level of confidence. And it's funny, too, the new, have you seen that new trend on TikTok that attraction is all based on confidence, which I i believe it's based on it, maybe not fully, but.
1: I think it's certainly based on confidence, for sure. I mean, I don't know. And we, we don't have to really get into this whole can of worms right now, mm-hmm. because I do like ending on this thought, but like, yeah. people get to a point where like, in their young adult life, they're so used to fillers and doctors and having surgery and having makeup and all of these things that alter how they maybe look naturally. Then these people are getting to the point where they, people that grew up with this kind of era of plastic surgery, social media, then they get to a point now where they're starting to have kids and then they're like starting to like put filters on their kids and Mm -hmm.
0: stuff
1: like that. And it's like, let's, let's end it there. Yeah. Let's just like cut it off. And, and just try to like be better and more forgiving and more accepting of ourselves and each other and just let the filters go a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're all using
1: them. So maybe yeah. let's just all not use them. Dial it back okay a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. And just to be proud of what you have and who you are. It makes me think to pretty much wrap up. We love Oprah. We love Oprah on this podcast. And Oprah talked about mm-hmm. this like beautiful acceptance of aging and how each year she completely changed her perspective to instead of, I think a lot of kids our age even already are saying, oh my gosh, like I'm so, I'm getting so old so fast. Like I'm already 23, <laughs> which is again, so funny and stuff, <laughs> but th- I've heard that. I heard that a couple times within the past month from different people. And yeah, the way Oprah at least looks at it and explains it is that every time you get older, and I think of this the same way as if you get wrinkles If your face changes, if you put on a little weight, if you fill out whatever happens, that to celebrate each year of your life, because one year of your life means you grew as a person, you grew in your wisdom, you grew in your patience, you grew in love, acceptance. And I think as we age, whatever is changing is also linked to our own growth as humans. And a lot of times I'm optimistic. I like to think that growth is going to stay positive. So if you can almost look at these changes in your appearance, and I'm saying this now and I'm hoping I can start to think like this, but as just proof of how much you have been through and how much you have persevered Mm -hmm. within that growth and change.
1: Yeah. I don't want my whole personality and brand to be contingent on how I look Mm -hmm. because that's crazy to talk right yeah that's just the fact of human life that like your face and body are going to change and things are going to ebb and flow as you grow and as you get older and have lifestyle changes and you know all sorts of things it's just not sustainable to make the youthful face the face of beauty
0: yeah exactly because we have plenty of years to live after our 20s hopefully not
1: yeah and also like (laughs) Feeling beautiful
0: is being beautiful. This is like yes. Thing. It comes from but within. Not, it comes, yeah. For it sure. comes from within. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I guess you know what I think we're gonna wrap up on that thought. Beauty comes from within, and I hope everybody can at least just through this talk be a little bit more aware of what's real, what's not, and understand that it doesn't have to affect you. As deeply as you let it, and really with that, reminding yourself of what matters the most and celebrating who you naturally are and your own natural beauty. Amen. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Alrighty, we're <laughs> wrapping up. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We talked longer than I anticipated, but hey, can't be mad about that one. So.
1: <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well. Thanks for having me. Ben. Yes,
0: of course. All right. So everybody keep in mind, trust me, I'm a novice will not be back next Tuesday. Again, it is going on a two week break, but we will see you soon. And in the meantime, happy holidays. That being said, Maddie, I'll let you sign off today. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening.
1: Sammy, you've been great. Thanks so much for doing your research and having such a great topic for today. And everyone, please trust us because we're not a person.